Hello, and welcome back to the Get It Right Podcast. Today is a special episode with a review of Netflix's Black and Beautiful Christmas special, Jingle Jangle. If you're a person who is not for spoilers, be warned, some spoilers are coming. If you don't mind spoilers because you're going to watch anyway, shout out to my tribe, click on through. Or you can come back after you finish watching. And don't forget to let me know what your thoughts about this were. Let's get into it. So Jingle Jangle is a new holiday film that has premiered on Netflix on November the 13th. It has a mainly Black cast and it is featuring lots of new fresh faces and voices. Jingle Jangle is written and directed by David E. Talbert. He is known for plays uh, that are on TV. Um, I've seen them on BET, TV One, and a few other channels. Um, Maybe you have seen them or heard them. Check them out. He's pretty good. Um, But let's get into it. So we have an intro of the logo, the beautiful Jingle Jangle. I wonder if I can find that font and create some stuff for some Christmas cards with my Cricut. That's a sidebar. Um, but it has great CGI. We open with dancing flames and a fire and a little girl just mesmerized and admiring them. And then into her hater brother. It's always a big brother who's hating. Shout out to my big brother. Um, Brother-sister relationships are just fun and it's, it's cute to see that portrayed. So this is also an Easter egg slash foreshadowing to what we'll see in the film. A belief in things and seeing the unseen mainly and just believing in yourself and your inner magic, right? So that is a big theme of the film. So we then see the legendary Felicia Rashad enter, and she is playing the grandmother. She sees the defeated look on the little girl's face after her brother tells her, there's nothing there. She's like, well, maybe you're right. And she asks them if they're ready for story time. And after seeing the little girl's face, she denies the little boy's request for a Christmas story. Was it a Christmas story? I'm looking at my notes. A Night Before Christmas, that's the one, um, which is a classic that has been portrayed lots of times in new media. And I love the look on her face on how she says, I think it's time for a new story. <laughs> so she then pulls out this beautiful, large, magnificent book with a big J on it with lots of gears behind it. And she blows off the dust and opens it. And we see the gears click and turn and the book opens. Now, uh, she tells the kids that she's never read the story to anyone. And the acting here is superb because the look on her face, you can just tell that there will be some sweet memories relived in the telling of this story. So enter the book and she flips the first page and then we see a scene unfold. Let me pause for a minute to give names to these new faces. Um, I looked it up on IMDb. The granddaughter is Rhea or Raya Calvin. The grandson is Kenya Sandy. And 
have my notes again so you will hear pages flip possibly. That's just me. I'm an analog girl in a digital world, as Erica Badu says. So I loved this opening to the town. Uh, Pop-up storybooks were my favorite when I was younger. And, you know, shout out to technology and the inventions that were given from this book because they opened and operated themselves. So you didn't have to worry about it breaking, as happened a lot of times, when someone would be too rough with that kind of book. <laughs> so we then see... This beautiful town and the magnificence of Jeronicus Jangles' shop, Jangles and Things. It is full of people marveling and buzzing with these lifelike inventions that he has created. So the first flesh character that we meet, because of course we see the animatronic wooden versions uh, from this book Felicia Rashad had opened, we meet Gustafson. This is Geronicus's apprentice, and he is showing some kids his invention, the twirly-whirly, and it's flying around the shop, and then it just conks out and falls out of the sky and sparks fly and everything. And the kids chuckle and scurry off, and he goes, you know, just a few more tweaks are needed, you'll see. So at this point, he believes in himself, which, again, is a big theme, but we will see that change for poor Gustafson coming soon. But is it really poor Gustafson? Mm-hmm. You need to watch and find out. So Geronicus gets a package with his final ingredient, or I like to think of it as his secret sauce, for a project he's been working on. So after he gets the box... Young Geronicus, who was played by Justin Cornwell, I think he's a handsome young fella, uh, he begins to open the montage of the song This Day. I love that song. Um, you may want to put subtitles on so you can learn the words because the music in this is amazing. John Legend, uh, as I have noticed on the IMDb page, he also worked on the music in this piece of artwork which he also has experience on that with Broadway and with another play he had done. But I'm digressing. He gets his package for a secret sauce and his wife and his daughter are there and they are following him around as this dance number begins with customers and everything in this. And it is very Broadway on screen and I love it. When I was in French club in high school, annually we would go to Broadway to see a play. Didn't have much to do with French, but I loved it anyway. Um, I went every year except I think my freshman year. Some of the plays I had went to see were The Lion King, superb on Broadway. Les Mis, of course, that was tied to French, Les Miserables, because it was partly in French. Um, and what was the last one I saw? The Little Mermaid. The one I didn't see was Aladdin. Um, but I digress. But they did a great job with the set and the choreo. I know they've had to take lots of time um, in bringing this Broadway aspect to this film. And I have been following along with Netflix and Strong Black Lead on some of their things online. And Myel Organics, shout out to one of my favorite brands. I just did my hair yesterday using one of their collections. Um, they had partnered with the the hair pieces and have create, created a collection as well. And one thing that I did see from there was the dancers had to have their wigs sewn on as they were getting down. Um, so the costuming is great. It's just wonderful, magnificent. It is, it seems somewhat like in the past, but it's also like in an alternate time. And I just love it. 
Um, so as they are opening the montage, we see, you know, Gustafson, you know, following along and watching like, oh, what's this? And he's like, nothing's going to be the same. Uh, that's some of the lyrics in this. And he's like, all his life he waited for this day. And you see his generosity and his spirit emerge in, in this number. And he mentions, I'm giving it all away and just starts getting people things and excited. They go out of the shop and just the number continues. And one of my favorite shots was an aerial shot around a Christmas tree or a pine tree that has yet to be decorated for Christmas in the town square and the dancers and the, you know, the blocking of it, it, it was the shape of a snowflake. And I really love that attention to detail there. So amazing. So we see Gustafson after this number overlooking encouragement and belief for oversight. So we see Geronicus is very excited about this and he opens this package with the secret sauce. It is super secure. It was in a box and it was in like a thousand other little uh, secure things. So, and it wasn't lost on me that this needed protection. Um, again, I'm going to name some of the uh, newer emerging characters from this. Uh, the woman who plays Joanne Jangle, young young Joanne, Geronicus's wife was Sharon Rose. Gustafson, young Gustafson is played by Miles Barrow. And young Jessica is, I don't know if it's Diana or Diana, it's D-I-A-A-N-A, Barbacova. So those are some of the new and emerging characters. Um, I want to look more into them. Some of them on the IMDb page, it noted that they were actors specifically. It didn't note anything to Broadway history from there um, in my research. So as Geronicus prepares to put the secret sauce into his new invention, things seemingly go wrong. <laughs> so this machine he puts it in starts jerking and smoking and the look on his face is like, okay, he's trying to keep his family calm. Like, you know, don't worry, that's how it's supposed to happen. And after all of this extensive peace, just one little tiny drop of what was there drops into the toy. And then Don Juan is born. It's alive, it's alive. <laughs> so his new invention is a toy that is voiced by Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin did a great job, um, not even just in the vocal performances as a singer, but I really enjoyed what he brought to the character of Don Juan. So, but this little toy was full of ego, right? So <laughs> after he hears from Geronicus that he will be mass produced and get, be given to children all over the world, he's like, hold up, his ego kicks in. So then he prays into the stinky, his words, <laughs> Uh, Gustafson, who, and I imagine as an apprentice to a famed and inventor in the town who was working on this project may not make that much time to, you know, wash his hoover stank. So <laughs> my cousin said that to me back in the day. Shout out to her. Hey, Millie. Um, so when Don Juan's ego is paired with Gustafson's insecurity about getting his invention to work, it's a recipe for destruction and disaster. So we then see the grandmother, Felicia Rasad, continue to tell the story about how Geronicus lost it all after those two run off with the plans for Don Juan's mass production in Geronicus's invention book. Uh, Geronicus comes up from 
I'm assuming a separate part that is connected to their home within the shop saying, you didn't think we forgot about you, Gustafson, in a family celebration. And it was already too late. Unfortunately, he comes up with dinner and he drops it after realizing that Don Juan and his book of inventions are gone. So after the former apprentice had run off with his inventions and blueprints to everything he created, as I have said, Felicia Rashad explains how everything had, you know, taken a decline from there. And then the granddaughter was like, oh, no, will he come back? You know, so cute when you see kids. You know, they're always asking questions about a story they've never heard before. So included in things going awry, Joanne Jangle falls ill and passes away. So then it's just, oh, that's too big of a spoiler. Let me maybe make a note of that for the show notes whoops okay so i'll put a spoiler alert <laughs> so things go awry and after you know just gave the spoiler um it's just jessica and jeronica's left so you know as can be imagined as he loses his wife and she loses her mother he then stops believing um after she got after he got the package and he put the secret sauce into the machine she was like i believe in you geronicus and of course that is a big part right your spouse and your partner believing in you and what you have going on and after losing that i can only imagine from him grieving losing his wife and number one supporter how that just had defeated him after losing everything that he created over X amount of time. It was a big book he had with lots of stuff that Gustafson just ran off with. So Geronicus then pivot um, pivots. We see him before in the dolls um, when it was showing how Joanne had passed away. He was approved for a loan. So he pivots and turns jingles and things into a pawn shop, vows never to create anything anymore, and then goes on by fixing things. So in the meantime, in between time, Gustafson is getting paid, getting paid, young brother getting paid, getting paid, and becomes the richest toy maker all off of his former mentor's book of inventions. Year after year, he releases one project at a time, which is pretty crafty. And as we can tell, the brains behind the operation is a toy, Don Juan. Um, because in the number, the second number, when he convinces Gustafson, you know, it's not stealing. You're just borrowing indefinitely, which is term stealing. Um, but he tries, he puts a lot of sugar on top to convince him. So as he's sitting back, eating off of what he didn't create, Germanicus is struggling over here. And then we return to present day as we see after, you know, the dolls and the book, the wooden and the gears, um, after he pushed his daughter away. She didn't want to leave, but he kept, you know, telling her, trying to convince her she would be better off. And she leaves. So then we see him with his new helper. He calls himself his assistant. This cute, adorable little Edison who was portrayed by, I don't know if it's Kieran or Karan L. Dyer. 
And we also meet Miss Johnston. She's a widowed postal officer that has a Jones. She should have been named Miss Jones. She got a bag for Jerry. She calls him Jerry and he hates it. He's like, my name is Jeronicus. But Miss Johnson is portrayed by Lisa Davina Phillip. And she is great in this role. Phenomenal does not begin to say it. And then we enter into the third musical number she performs called Miles and Miles, you know, pretty much expressing her affection for Geronicus. Like, you know, you need to smile more again. We need to see you like being back more alive because he's a shell of his former self. She's like, your smile can go on for miles and miles. And the song, baby, it is, mm, mm, mm. I can't say it enough. It is great. But the um, singing voice is portrayed by, I don't know if it's Marisha Wallace. Um, she, when in my research, she is a Broadway performer. So I love Jeronicus's reactions to when Miss Johnston is twirling and whirling around his shop, singing for him, trying to woo him in his face. And he breaks the fourth wall when some background dancers come around, comes out. He's like, what background dancers? Like, what is this? And his reactions are gold. Forrest Whitaker, hats off to him. The range of this man is phenomenal, all of his roles. Uh, one of my favorites, of course, is when he played Zuri in The Black Panther. <laughs> that just goes to show between that. And I think it's the last King of Scotland. That man, give him his flowers as well. So after this number, she exits the shop and his financier, an old friend, uh, what is his name? I have it here. Mr. Delacroix comes in and asks him, you know, about this revolutionary invention he's promised. He was promised when he was given the loan and Jerry tries to come up with something because, you know, in X amount of years since he was granted it, he has not been inspired to come up with anything. And the shop clearly doesn't finance it. And he tells his old friend, Geronicus, I'm sorry. Pretty much he's going to have to seize everything and he's going to have to sell the shop. So we then see Grandma Journey go back to showing how Geronicus had failed in reaching out to Jessica, his estranged daughter. But then she receives a mysterious letter that is inviting her and her daughter to come to the shop. Now she told her daughter about this pretty much all her life and said, well, we will go when we're invited. We're not just going to pop up because again, remember her father pushed her away and said, you will be better off without me. So they are invited for the holiday and then Jessica sends journey ahead to have some time to bond before she comes to pick her up on Christmas day. So we then see journey meeting Geronicus. She shows up to the shop and she sees a sign there. I just love how the sign is very Geronicus and how he has become. Uh, watch it to see what the sign says specifically. Like I said, I'm trying to not spoil it as much. I really want you to experience the magic of this film. So we see young Journey, who's played by Madeline Mills, uh, she comes to hunt him down, but he's not at the shop. She finds the sign and she asks someone there, she said, have you seen Jeronicus Jangle? And lady points him out to her and he's on the street shopping and he's picking up an egg for dinner and a few other things. So when she meets him, he has his head buried in this book, trying to get this revolutionary idea off the ground. 
And there is a humorous exchange as he doesn't really believe her. He's like, no, I think her name is something else with the J-J-U something. And she's like, Journey. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, Journey does have J and a U. I guess you're right. And he pushes her away, essentially, like, now's not a good time. Children are a vacuum for creativity. You got to go. And shuts the door in a poor girl's face. But she finds her into the shop. And she convinces him, like, listen, she, she pulls his memory up and shows him a picture of young Jessica, which we can tell by the expression on this great actor, Forrest Whitaker's face, and the resemblance of young Jessica and young Journey between the face and the hair that she reminds him of his daughter when she was young. So he's like, okay, you can stay, but it's on a condition. Y'all, he has this little baby sign a contract. <laughs> he's like, look, this contract, like you cannot, you, it's paranoia mixed with precaution after what Gustafson had did to him all those years ago. And he's like, you have to sign it. And she's like, there's nothing to pin. He's like, just, you know, just keep writing, baby girl. Don't worry about it. And then he shows her under a blue light. See, you signed it. It's there. Sign, still delivered. Now you can stay. And this has a payoff later in the film. Um, but we see her excitement is meeting him. She's like, okay, let me stay. Bump sign this contract. And she just hugs him and is excited. And she asks him, she, can she call him Grandpa Germanicus? And his face is like, you know, I'm not used to being a grandpa because <laughs> that's his only child and that's her only child. And she's like, yeah, right. Grandpa Jay it is. And he's like, why won't anybody just call me by my name? Like, Germanicus, it is Germanicus. Um, reading the notes, I wrote in Chicken Scratch Cursive. But this is very relatable for me, as I said earlier, with a big, colorful name and being a little girl with a very big name that is a mouthful and people saying it in school wherever. And even to this day, to this day, people mess up my name. And I'm like, uh -uh, no, Nadesha. It is Nadesha. It's only three syllables, just like Stephanie or Ashley. You will say it. <laughs> but then we catch up with the shady old Gustafson and his musical number, the Magic Man G. Now, Keegan-Michael Key at this point is playing older Gustafson, bald head, perfect, perfectly fits. But this musical number is so fun. We see it is in his showroom in his big factory where he's trying to premiere the Twirly Whirly once again. And once again, it fails and the buyers are not for it and they begin to leave. And he's like, man, what am I going to do? And then we have the shady old Dan Juan once again tell him, well, you know, once a great inventor, always a great inventor. Why don't you see what Geronicus has? And that's heck a heck of shade, not just to trying to steal something from him again, or as Don Juan reminds him, borrow indefinitely. Um, Gustafson never had the chance to complete his training to become a great inventor of his own. He just picked up his stuff and ran. So you see his gears are working as he is reluctantly kind of agreeing to what your boy Don Juan is saying. So again, the choreo and costuming was wonderful here. And this choreo, I can tell, was more about the, the sold down wigs. 
Okay, do, do, do. stolen inventions. And we are revealed here how Gustafson has received Toy Maker of the Year, Toy Maker of the Year. And he's trying to convince himself, well, I've got Toy Maker of the Year all this time, but it's like, and Don Juan reminds him, look, baby, you did not create these. If you want to be Toy Maker of the Year again and still, go on, on over to Jangles and Things and see what your boy Geronicus has. But at the end of that number, I love the nod to James Brown. And this was done right before that invention fell out of the sky. Boom, snatching his dreams away with it. Um, but I would love to see Keegan-Michael Key and more Broadway films and musicals and other, even movies and the like. Because, you know, you see him in lots of things in his show, Keen Peele, and in other scripted things like... Um, Friends from College on Netflix. I just love to see that Netflix, um, you know, tapped him again for this role. So we enter back to the Jangle family and we see Journey is beginning to understand Grandpa Jay more than he thinks. Um, and he no longer sees the formulas in the air. You know, he asks her some things. She sees what he's working on. He's like, wait, how do you know this? And of course, her mother taught her the way. But he asks her, can you see that? And she's like, yeah, can't you? Because, you know, of course, her mother has told her the stories. But her mother, again, had told her before she left, don't be upset if he's not exactly what you may think. Um, but he's like, no, I can't see it. And that's also, again, because he doesn't believe so then little Miss Nosy Rosie, she is plundering in his shop and she finds the plan for the Buddy 3000, his new revolutionary invention. And Buddy is voiced by Tobias Pope. But as she flips over the book with the designs, she sees it's her mother's old book. So he has been working all these years on this revolutionary invention and also possibly to reconcile with her mother. So we then enter into the sixth number performed by Madeline, and it is the square root of possible. And it's just so adorable. We see her continuing to draw these mathematical figures in the air. And young Geronicus, when he could still see these things, his was like a more golden or copper color, and hers is like a beautiful blue, sparkly hue. And this is just so precious. I really love this. Um, but she had a little acrimony moment for me when she was moonwalking in the snow on the ledge and little sis gave me a little fright. I'm like, of course I noticed some film and they probably had padding down there just in case if it was even up that high. But my nerves was a little bad when I saw her up there, you know, cha-cha sliding on a snowy roof. <laughs> so, but it was very cute nonetheless. But I just want to point out, you don't see her get up and get out. But that's part of the magic. Maybe she floated up there. You don't know yet. Um, but then while she's in the shop, she discovers at the end of this number, we see her and our other favorite mini inventor, Edison, meet one another. Now, this little boy is so scary. Um, she was under a sheet that was covering the little doohickey that dropped in the secret sauce into Don Juan's back. So he's like, oh, ghost. And she's like, well, they both like, who are you? Like, where'd you come from? Because to this point, she has not met his young, you know, his little sidekick, I want to say. And he's always like, you know, well, he's the greatest inventor. He still is one last person that believes in him. So possibly, we know he's too young to remember the shop being open and buzzing. Maybe his family, you know, told him about that. And, you know, we can see that people 
you know, still very much come to Geronicus to utilize his services at his new pawn shop and still remember because you can still see the stained glass windows on the shop saying, you know, wonders and wizards or whatever it says. I might be mixing that with a little bit of Harry Potter, but <laughs> forgive me. So they meet and then they discover Buddy. So they put his little heart piece in and then their belief in Geronicus and the invention brings him alive. And then we see the magic that ensues. Again, I don't want to spoil it, but Buddy is just so precious and adorable. And then enters Geronicus and he's like, too much disbelief. And then he shuts down and clams up. And then Geronicus is like, what did you, what did I tell you to do? You signed the contract. It says no touching, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, do you expect me to believe it? God legs and grew. And if your boy Edison wasn't there, he was like, well, actually kind of flew over there, you know, on his own. He's like, what? That's impossible. So again, remember the square root of possible, the song and his calculations in the beginning, we are getting back into Geronicus not believing in himself and what he does. And Buddy talks about that as well. He's like, I've always worked. I just needed somebody to believe. Because if you're working on something tirelessly and don't believe in it, that is also the secret sauce. It's not just an ingredient. You have to believe in what you're doing. Boom, mic drop lesson. I can end it there, right? But we still have a couple more pages to go. We're about halfway through the movie. Um. Yes, so let's continue <laughs> after a brief break. And we are back. Thank you again to that sponsored segment. Now, while the two mini inventors and Buddy had their meet and greet before Grandpa Jay shut it down, your boy Gustafson was playing peeping Tom with this big old pirate looking, I don't know what those things are called. <laughs> the word is escaping me right now, but monocular, I believe, cause it's not binoculars, it's not two. So that is besides the point. He is peeping in on what they're doing. And he and Don Mom was like, I knew it was something in there that'd be worth taking. So after the kids leave the shop, Forrest Whitaker performs a solo piece over and over. It's a somber, re reflective piece, and it is beautiful. Um, watch it to see for yourself. So after this happens, the next scene, we see Gus trying to shake down Journey and say, hmm, I'm pretty sure your grandpa got some stuff in there. She's like, boy, it's a pawn shop. What you talking? Anyway, I'm out. I know who you are. Shady. I'm not rocking with you. And she goes to leave. And then this creepo like grabs her arm. And then he realizes, you know, okay, I'm in public. I can't like shake this little girl down how I want. And he walks away. But he saw Buddy and he tries to manipulate her into giving him more insight. But she is paying him dust. He gets noting. And then we see Geronicus try to give up. And his team, the kids, and Miss Johnston trying to encourage him. And Miss Johnston is also paying him dust. She's like, whatever, I'm not listening to what you're talking about. And Edison is like, oh, he's franchising. He's like, no, okay, and I'm closing the shop. It's no more. And I'm like, whatever, they 
because they believe in him. Even at this point, he does not believe in himself. So then we enter into my favorite scene. Well, one of them, because you keep hearing me say, oh, this is my favorite. Oh, that is my favorite. The film is my favorite. Get over it. Watch it <laughs> if you haven't already. But the snowball scene, it's so cute how she, she being Journey, gets Geronicus to tap back into his playful side by initiating a snowball fight by throwing one at him as he's trying to walk away. Now, another part I enjoyed about this is how he is looking at the angles and everything, and he's using a frosty window to come up with a calculation because remember, he can't do the writing in the air thing anymore, and he has to see things tangibly. So he figures out the equation, throws a snowball, and she's taunting him like, yeah, you didn't get me. And then Bop, smacks her right in the back of the head. So then they initiate kids on the tree to help with this snowball fight. And then enters a song by a Ghanaian artist, Bisa Kide and McFlames. It's a remix um, to Grandpa Mene. Hope I'm saying this right. And it's the Asu Jingle Jangle remix. And I love it. It's the Afro Beast. They are doing the Guardians and they are killing it. Um, that is the eighth number. And it is the second piece that is not performed by a member of the core cast and crew that is showing along with Miss Johnston's piece, Miles and Miles. So Journey, as they come back, he's like, okay, that's enough playing. They return to the shop. And as she is picking up a flyer on the floor from the blowout sale that is closing the pawn shop that they are planned, that Grandpa Jay had planned, she sees your boy Edison's glasses on the floor. And then she already knows what's up because your boy Gustafson had pressed her the night before. And as they left the shop, we saw again that he was watching and Edison was there alone. And she already knows what's up and she knows where to find him. And this creep had tied up the kid and she's asking what happened. And she was like, please don't tell me you did. He was like, well, he was trying to say that he wasn't like pretty much Gus was trying to say that Geronicus won't blip. <laughs> and, and he was like, I was telling him he was a great inventor and he stole Buddy and the plans for Buddy. But again, I'm not going to spoil it yet. The Easter egg from earlier. We're going to find out about it soon because we're nearing the end of film. So she unties him and she's like, look, we got to go. We got to go get this. This ain't right. And um, it's so shameful. It's not shameful. It's just sad that his naivete and excitement led him to what Gustafson was looking for. He was very predatory in that. When he first left, it wasn't him. But then this is who he had become, right? Manipulative, sneaky, sneaky boots. So they run off to find Buddy in... Gustafson's factory. And then soon after Forrest Whitaker, aka Geronicus, finds out. Before that happens, Gustafson has the buyers come back to his showroom only to be embarrassed again by Buddy not working. Um, we see before he comes out that like he's trying to convince himself, but the reason Buddy doesn't work is because there's no belief there. Gustafson does not believe in himself. He has to try to convince himself to say like, oh, you know, I was working so hard on this creation and here it is, the Buddy 3000. And as 
he's turning it on. It's just standing there and they're laughing him out again and they're out. And he's telling his henchmen, <laughs> I love that word in movies, henchmen. <laughs> um, he is telling them, you know, send it to all where all of the failed things go. And then the guy says, this place? He's like, no, the crusher. And the kids are like, oh no, we got to go get Buddy. So your boy, Geronicus, he's looking for them. And then he sees the flyer that Gus is in it put out. And he knows what it is. And he gets his boo, Miss Johnston, to sneak him into the factory. So the people at the door are like, didn't you do something already? Didn't you already make your delivery for the day? And she tries to cover it. And she's like, oh, you know, I forgot something. And he, you know, sneaks out and goes around back to try to find where the kids are. And the kids are in the process of saving Buddy and having an adventure, like an adventure, running from these people um, because they have been told by the guards, they being Gustafson and Don Juan, that they were going to save. And he's like, it doesn't matter, it's failed. And then a doll was like, dummy, if it's failed, will they be coming to get it? And then they then chase the kids as they retrieve Buddy and try to break him out. So they try to save him from destruction. And then it's so cute how Geronica's journey and Edison team up in the tunnels as they're trying to escape. And the fan turns back on. They're trying to get out, and then Buddy comes back to life to save the day. So cute. Um, and Miss Johnson had an assist by, you know, distracting the guards and stuff as she came back with the truck and she helped whisk them away after they were saved. And Buddy, as he, you know, made stuff shake in the tunnels to get them out and speed them out as the fire that was accidentally started by the kids as they were escaping had ensued and chased them out the tunnel. He's like, oh no, I have to save them. But then he gets broken in the process. So as they're back in the shop and the kids are going inside, Miss Johnson helps Geronicus realize that in addition to letting himself go and being a good man, that the magic that was in him all along wasn't what he lost his daughter and his wife, but and what he still has, right? Because his granddaughter's there now. And he has a little boy who's believing in him. That is who's helping him. And then he takes the mistletoe in there to try to thank her. And he gives her a smooch on the cheek. And baby, she came alive in the nighttime. Miss Johnson was like, mm. And then we hear the reprise from Miles and Miles. And she's just so excited. She's like, okay. After all this shameless throwing herself at him, he finally done came around. He's a widower, she's a widow, and they are, you know, possibly going to have a budding romance. Find out for yourself and watch. But he, and she just drives off. He's like, I guess I'll keep the mistletoe then. <laughs> that part was really cute. And then you have the background dancers come back. And I just love how he breaks that fourth wall of ground. He was like, hmm, they really are a group. And it's so cute. I want to see um, more of them. In real life, the name of those singers, let me pull it up on IMDb again. The trio Pip, the trio singers, okay, they're called them the Pips. Um, it's Tosh Wango Maud 
for number one, Gabriel Mokake, and two, and Philip Lawrence. I am saying these names terribly. I'm sorry. Um, I do not know. I want to speak your name like Jeronica says. Um, but Philip Lawrence, he's the only one who has a photo here on IMDb. He is the singer that is front center with the glasses. And he's a soundtrack composer and actor, so apparently he possibly was on that team. But if you go to the IMDb page, you see who designs the costumes and has all the art direction. So if that's your thing, go there and see more about the people behind the work. That is my thing. This is why I have created this platform. I digress, but... Journey then encourages Grandpa Jay and reveals that she's the one who wrote the letters to convince her mom to let her come to the shop she's heard about all her life. Like, you know, like Jeronica said earlier, all her life she's waited for this. And she doesn't want him to give up. She knows he can fix Buddy. And she tells him how, you know, coming there, like, you have to fix it. This is the only place in my life I felt I belong. And then we see them bond. And he says, a child with an imagination always belongs. And that, y'all, that tugged at my heartstrings. That is something that I could have used hearing as a child. And I'm glad that every child that watches this movie will hear these words. So then goes into the make it work number. This is number nine on the soundtrack. Um, and this is performed by Forrest and Anika Noni Rose. Oh, queen. She comes in and tears down the house, honey. I love it. I get chills every time from this song. And again, I, I watch things with subtitles because um, this, this media does a good job of not having the characters whisper and everything, but the subtitles come in with the songs and I'm just singing around and she is just phenomenal, just effortlessly belting out these notes and I live. So just hats off to them in that performance. And I just love the, um, the splicing montage of it as she is making her way back to her home and to her father as he is making Buddy work again or in attempts to make buddy work again so jessica returns early to pick her up and they reconcile her and jeronicus and they talk about you know what's going on and she's like oh you know i came to get her and he's like well she's asleep you guys can stay if you want and he then opens up this chest with all these letters falling out and he's like i never knew what to say and as she's trying to leave he's just like i'm sorry and they reconcile, and it's so beautiful, and they work through the night to repair Buddy. So then in the morning, Journey comes out, and it's all loving and wonderful. She's happy to see her grandfather and her mother reunited. But soon after, Gustafson comes back in with his hateful, sorry, A-double-crooked letter. I'm doing such a good job. I'm not cursing. I've been really working on that in my private life. But um, then he attempts to get Geronicus thrown in prison. He tried to throw him under the jail. And why? He tries to claim that Geronicus stole a Buddy 3000 design and model. And then he's like, well, and then the granddaughter, of course, and the mom, they're like, you know, this is, this is not his. And he's like, well, I have it here in black and white. And then Journey says, baby and blue too. And she takes the, 
<laughs> the plans from him and puts it under the light where she wrote property of Jeronicus Jangle. And everyone is just like, oh, that is the moment there. And she was like, mm-hmm, I did that after I saw you in the alleyway and I just knew you was going to come through and try to take some stuff again. Because remember, she knew the story. So we see that the proof is in the pudding here with this blue light signature property or this watermark rather that journey put on the blueprint that our grandfather created proving Geronicus's claim several years prior that Gustafson ran off with all his stuff shout out to all y'all who know this that for colored girls reference <laughs> um and then Don Juan flips the script. He's like, oh, baby, I knew. He, he stole me. I knew all along. Lying. And then Gustafson is sitting there looking crazy because who's going to believe that doll over him, even though it's true? <laughs> so then Jeronica's talking to him. He's like, oh, I missed you. I like what you did with your hair. And it's so funny. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to reprogram you. And he shuts him down. Um, and before Gustafson is taken away, he stops them. And then he opens this little dusty drawer and pulls out this dusty present and blows it off. And he's like, you know, you left before I could give you this. And Gustafson opens it. And what is it other than the missing piece he needed for his twirly whirly? Right. And he affirms like, I would have showed you everything, but you pretty much didn't have the patience or believe in yourself before you did it. And we see the regret in Keegan Michael Key's face and he's carted off to jail. <laughs> so... Uh, last, Geronicus is vindicated and we see him getting the things back to his inventions and essentially getting all of his things back, right? So we see the Buddy 3000 come out after, uh, what's his name again? Mr. Delacroix comes and says, uh, today's the day, it's Christmas, sorry to do it today to you, boy, but uh, you didn't deliver on your promise. And then we see Buddy fly out. He's like, this is it? And he starts talking, like, it talks. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You can have whatever you need whenever. And this is just so beautiful to just see him after all of these years return to believing himself and get everything back that was taken from him. So essentially, Buddy saved the day again. Buddy was truly a buddy, won't he? So after granting his funding, we see the family get back together. And then Geronicus is able to finally float and fly. And Edison comes in and joins him. And then they turn back into the dolls. And we see Grandma Journey again. And she reveals to the kids how she knows by showing the gears in her hair. And they're like, it was you? So this makes him my great 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 grandfather and she's like yes and this shows the importance of legacy and everything but sidebar it was very odd for me that kids of their age did not know their grandma's real name like what maybe they call her grandma jay that's what i had <laughs> um came up with in my head that made that was the only thing that made sense to me so again we see jeronicus reclaim his things and the ending montage of the book things and we see he opens jangles and things back for business, as he says, in the air. And fun, the end. And she shows the kids, you know, the dancing flames are there. And the little boy believes now. And she, you know, lets them know. She shows them out the window. 
the factory. Before that, we see the original Buddy come out and she turns back into a little kid and they fly off to meet to the shop. She's I think it's time for you all to see that because um, you can tell by the beginning that there is some sort of affluence to this family. But of course, kids that are from old money or just essentially grow up with money don't really know unless they're told certain things like this story to how I think it's time we go over there. So Buddy, Grandma Journey, and the kids who were unnamed in the story, and I'm not mad at that. I actually like that the story was still focused on her. They fly on over to the factory for their first visit, and I cry, and it ends. <laughs> um, and the ending montage, once again, is a version of This Day performed by Usher and Kiana Lede. Um, it was just so such a beautiful movie, beautiful images at the end. Um, I will never tire of watching this film, and I can't wait to watch it with the little ones in my family after all of this COVID stuff ends. Um, yeah. So that was it. Thank you for tuning into this brief review. Um, again, if you're a spoiler person, you hope you enjoyed this. Um, if not, I hope you watched it before or at least paused to watch it in between. But if not, you know, I didn't really give away everything. There's a lot of things you want to see for yourself. It is beautiful. It is majestic. It is everything. And I think I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> um, this is one of those instant classics for me. And I really, really enjoyed it and the partnerships they created with this, like with the Black-owned brand, Maya Organics. Again, I am a Maya L. Maven. I love the brand and what they stand for and just how they did a month to celebrate Black hair. Um, it was wonderful and delightful. Um, watch this movie alone. Watch it with little ones in your family. Watch it on a date night. Just watch it. And thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast holiday review of Jingle Jangle. Y'all believe in yourself and your magic on this day. <laughs> Peace out.